Rama. Still says zero. Says it is recording. recording. It says yes. It says you are recording okay. the call. All right. So uh, there we go. Now, so. Um, really, first off, is really glad to see you back. It's been a while. I know that you were really busy working uh, yeah. two jobs, in fact. And um, so um, I'm glad to hear that you're in school and you're not going to be so uh, working so hard and you'll have some time for the Dhamma also. Uh, and I'm, I'm really pleased to see you back. Uh, pleased to see you too, Dhammarato. <laughs> a lot of stuff has been happening. And we're still moving along right now. We're doing a whole lot of data collection for the uh, uh, for the website. Um, but since you've called and asked about um, cessation, let me ask you this. Where did you hear the word or, or in what context? Oh, that's a good question. Um, in the context of. Um, <clears throat> You know, that's actually that's a very good question. So I don't have a particular sutta off the top of my head that I uh, recall seeing this in or anything like that. I, it's a jumble in my mind right now, but it has to do with um, the descriptions of the progression of um, training in, in Samadhi and in jhana. Um, okay. And in after following the formless realms, you know, because we have, you know, first, second, third, fourth jhana, then we have our, our formless realms. Following the formless realms, they talk about a um, a cessation of perception and feeling. And at times, I read certain individuals place emphasis on the experience of this cessation. I, now, I know there's a lot of differences in how people word things as well when it comes to you know, phenomenological experience descriptions and such. So it's kind of an odd thought um, and it's kind of just a side thought for me because to me, right. I, to me, the the value that I see in it is it's a direct experiential understanding of all of the things that get imputed on top of experience. Um, right. Basically, okay. a, a reordering of, oh, it's not me that exists before everything. There is existence. And then, you know, if we go into ignorance, we impute on top of existence this thing that we okay. get wrapped up in. Is that, am I on track with that idea of where that is well, in the first place? And yeah, actually what you've done is you've, uh, uh, you've skipped a couple of steps. Okay. So let's, let's start right at the very beginning of it. As uh, before we turned the video on, we talked about the Anapanasati Sutta and yes. the practice of the Anapanasati has various elements to get the student into the first jhana. And then what do right. we do with the first jhana once we're there? All right. And here's the point about that is, is that until you're in the first jhana, the mind is pr prone and subject to the hindrances, which means that we're not going to be able to see things very clearly. But once we've gotten into the first jhana, that's when we actually um, have the ability to see the way that the mind works. Right. All right. So we're talking now about this, the fourth tetrad, yes. um, the, the Dhammanupassana, which is step 13 through 16. Yes. Now, as a very good way of introducing this, the Dhammanupassana section of the um, 
Satipatthana Sutra number 10 in the Majjhima Nikaya, it has um, a kind of a complete sequence to where in the Anapanasati Sutta, it's um, an overview. Right, okay. So let's go now to the fact that the first kind of objects that a student is going to be seeing will be the hindrances when he's looking. Right. And then yes. we remove those hindrances, okay? Mm-hmm. And then in the uh, Satipatthana Sutta, after the hindrances, then the next item on their list are the things like the seven factors of enlightenment are mentioned, the five aggregates are mentioned, and the four noble truths and the eightfold yes. noble path are mentioned as mind objects. Yes. And what now, that's indicating... May I ask a question? Yeah, sure. You talk about seven factors, the um, the bo- Bojenka, is this how you say the this in Pali? Sambojana. Sambojana. Okay, so when we talk about the seven factors, one of the things that I've heard, and I don't recall a source off the top of my head, is that when we are contemplating within um, the fourth tetrad of Anapanasati, that seven factors are something that, um, and it sounds to me like all of the different things that you just talked about, as far as contemplation of Dhamma, uh, Dhamma Vipassa, is... Uh, these are noble objects. Does this make sense? Yes, that's exactly what yes, we're okay. talking about. That in fact, the okay. eightfold noble path is the beginners, which is going to have to remove the hindrances. But once we have those factors of the eightfold noble path in operation or to the completion, that's when they become enlightenment factors. Got okay. It. All right, so you could say then that the Eightfold Noble Path is the ABCs of Buddhism, is learning to read, and then philosophy (laughs) is uh, uh, then the noble part. Once we learn to read, now we can see, okay? And that the things then that within that... um, we would say that the first things that students do when they sit down and begin to practice, they're going to be dealing with hindrances, and that's going to happen for a while until they develop the skill of seeing what is a hindrance and what yes. is dukkha. Once yes. we've finished with the dukkha, now the next thing is, is to start working with and contemplating and knowing what are the five aggregates? Thinking about the five aggregates in the sense of this is not me, this is not who I am. This is very, very valuable. In fact, when we were talking about you taking the class about mathematics, the student yes. will put the me in there of I can't <laughs> do math, or for me, math yes. is hard. And when we take the self out of it, there's just the math. That's okay. It. So when when we practice this way, we actually now in the sitting meditation, in fact, this is the answer to the questions that the student has of what to do next. And I generally say there is no next. It's can you get into a pleasant state right now? All right. (laughs) And the reality is, is that that next part is actually contemplating and paying attention to the teachings of the Dhamma, because this is all wholesome. If you want some wholesome thoughts, Think about the Four Noble Truths and the Eight Four Noble Path, the Sambo Jhana, and the Five Aggregates, all right? Right. So, once we spend some time doing that, and we're still, by the way, in the first jhana, we're just working with the first jhana, that's the path to enlightenment, 
Yes. And yet everybody wants the higher, John, as you know, is almost <laughs> like greed. Yeah, maybe some okay. desire. <laughs> uh, 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 you know that um, this is common in, in Thailand and they do it at uh, many places that um, they will have bed and breakfast, which means the breakfast is almost always a smorgasbord or you will have buffets or things like that. You walk into the place, never mind who pays for it. You can eat all you want. <laughs> and my idea when I was young, when I would do that, is I'm coming here to to put them out of business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to eat everything they've got and want more. And cool. I never was able to do that. Three or four plates full, and that was all I could manage. And that buffet was a whole lot bigger. Okay, so these are the way, the way that we want to look at the higher jhanas is, is that let's not try to stuff ourselves let's just eat pleasantly yes okay and so this is where that first john lies is, is that it's an absolutely pleasant meal when right we're working right with now. it correctly right. and that mm -hmm. we're paying attention to the dhamma yes okay this is this is the time when we're actually able to get great things out of reading the dhamma is because we're reading it with a clear mind and it's not clouded with the hindrances of i me or mine Yes. Okay, so when we're doing that, the next step is let's move away from the Satipatthana Sutta back to the Anapanasati Sutta and start looking at steps 13, 14, 15, and 16. Mm -hmm. Because the question that you're asking is about step 15 of yes. Anapanasati. And yes. that cessation, question. let us say it like, oh, go ahead. Oh, quenching. Quenching is how uh, uh, it's quenching. translated. In okay. The, yes. And it's right. Nirodha, I believe, is the Pali, yeah? All right. There's breathing another in, I contemplate Nirodha. Breathing out, I contemplate Nirodha. Or is it... It's not Vimuti, because that's what? Liberation? What's the other word? Well, uh, relinquishment or... Um, yes. Uh, letting oh. go is the 16th uh. step. Just to That's let it throwing go. back, yeah. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Now, let's talk about quenching and cessation with another word. Okay. Death. Uh, Death. Uh, when something quenches, when that fire is quenched, it's yeah, out. Yeah. It's dead. Okay. Yes. And mm -hmm. this is the way that we look at it is, is that this it starts with a Nietzsche. Yes. Everything right. is temporary. Everything oh, is, is moving. So yes. once we go through the Anapanasati to get to the point of the um, of the first jhana and we have been contemplating the Dhamma for a while, now we begin to put it in practice to start watching the flow, start watching uh, everything is changing, everything is mm -hmm. in motion. And that uh, right. this is this actually helps with our practice because, say, the breeze of the wind or as Achan, uh, excuse me, as Gawanka talks about it, the touch of the cloth. Mm -hmm. And we can put our awareness there or we can put it someplace else that, in fact, most of the Anicca is the mind jumping from object to object. Yes. When we, might, we get the mind settled down, now we can see not the mind jumping around, we can see the object itself that we're looking at starting to change. Yes, right, because we can steady our computer, we can build our... Dirty. Yes. 
right? Mm -hmm. The screen of your uh, uh, cell phone gets dirty. It gets mm -hmm. food on it, it gets spittle on it, it gets all kinds of stuff on it, and it, sometimes it needs to be cleaned. Yep. And a lot of people think that there's something wrong with their cell phone because their touches don't work right, and <laughs> all they need to do is clean that screen. It's got too much finger oil, too much dirt, too much mm -hmm. accumulation. So this is the Anitia. Now, things appear to move slowly, uh, but in fact, they move fairly fast. That just very, one very swipe on that cell phone will cause a, a mark that you can shine it and or look at it in a certain way and begin to see that okay. you've made a you've made a mark on there. You just rubbed your mm -hmm. finger on it, but it's left a mark. There's yep. finger oil now on that screen. Okay, so the the screen has changed. It's not the same way that it was. Before it was a clean screen. Now it's been wiped with a finger and it's got finger <laughs> oil on it. Yes. Okay. So that's actually now step 15, or excuse me, 13 to 14. Mm -hmm. This is that anything Especially. that changes is dying. Yes. Anything that changes is dying. An example of that would be in an infant in the womb. They know that the fingers, when they're forming, the, the skin between them, that in fact, in some animals like... Um, uh, old fish and um, frogs and uh, salamanders, they have that webbing still between the fingers. Well, humans do too, but that mm -hmm. webbing dies out. Falls off. The webbing between the fingers and toes dies out in uh, because of the genetic codes that are turned on at certain times. Yep. So this is kind of the fading away in the dying sequence because everything is changing. Mm -hmm. All right. That anytime something new comes up, whatever it replaced the old is now dead, including yeah. this present moment. This present moment is constantly dying as well as a new constant moment, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is the fading away and the secession. And yet we don't want things to die. We want to hold on. Even if we're terrified, we want to remain terrified. An example of that is the kids go to see a horror movie, and when they come out of the horror movie, they want to talk about the horror movie. You're not in the theater anymore. Let the horror movie die. No, I want to keep it alive. Yes, yes, right. Okay, so this is how the mind is working, is, is that the mind actually wants stability, because instability brings fear. It's part of the natural DNA sequences that we had that when, um, let us say when the deer sees rustles in the bushes, that's something to be fearful about. It may be dangerous. That rustling may in fact be a gorilla or it might be uh, a lion mm -hmm. or it might be your child. Right. You don't know what it is and so we become afraid because you see the false positives would be that oh it's my child and then i'm getting right. eaten but yep. if i have the thought the false positive oh it's a gorilla and it happens to me my child i'm probably going to be better off but now the child is in danger right from me because mm -hmm. i think it's a gorilla when it's not <laughs> okay so right. um this is the way that we were, um, let us say, through the various centuries, 
our DNA comes up to anything that we do not know or understand is possibly fearful. Mm -hmm. And so people develop the habit of being afraid a lot. Because things are changing a lot. Things are new a lot. Right. What is new might be dangerous. Right. It's called the fear of the unknown, by the way. Certainly. Or in politics, better the devil we know than the devil that we don't. I wish they'd have heard that in 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So. Um. Here is where then that issue of secession comes in, because anything that's changing itself is going to go through the process of rotting away right. and then dying. The ex- mm-hmm. Another example would be a laptop. Right. The laptop gets old. I've watched laptops get old in my lifetime. In fact, I've got five or six of them on the shelf in there. <laughs> Yeah, I believe this. They may or may not work anymore because they did get old enough that they were taken out of service. Mm-hmm. And eventually they die. Yes. Now, when they die, here's an important point. It's not so much that the laptop itself died. It was my caring about it that died. Right. That this is all in the mind, that when things on the outside are changing, the mind changes naturally, too. But we're not mindful of this. We don't see it happening. But the guy, for instance, uh, three weeks ago, the guy that was working, visiting houses is dead now. And Mm -hmm. now there's a student. Mm -hmm. Okay, that part of you has uh, has gone through secession. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's possible also that you've gone through relinquish of it that is no longer important to uh, you. Maybe I threw it back. Yeah, you threw it out. That's what relinquish. So it was never mind to begin with. Or dropping it or getting rid of it or all of that. All of this right. stuff that they talk about in Buddhism all winds up being in that po- point of um, relinquishment, step 16 of Anapanasati. Right. And there is, I'm not sure, I haven't seen the sutta itself, but Bhikkhu Buddhadasa has another word that he thinks is very good for this. It's called Atamayata. You've heard me use this word. Atamayata. The word Tom means work or do or attachment or involvement, and Atam means not doing it. So Atam Maya means I'm not going to do that. I see this as Maya. Why? Because what I used to like has now rotted, deteriorated, gone, died, and I've given it up. I've thrown it back. The relinquishment then is in the fact of I see that as Myra, and now I'm going to relinquish it. I'm going to throw it out. I'm not going to hold that anymore. Exactly. That in fact the, the Maya or the Myra was not that it died it's that mm-hmm. i don't want it to die yeah right or that i can stop so it from dying mm-hmm. so there's a yeah. great big deal of difference then for a person to whether they quit a job or whether they're fired mm-hmm. 
because if they quit the job, it's much easier to relinquish it. I don't need that anymore. It could be the same job, (laughs) and the boss is going to fire me tomorrow, but I quit today. And if I quit, that's the dropping it. That's the throwing it out. Yes, right. That's freedom. If we wait one more day and then get fired, now all of a sudden, oh, I was that job. I needed that job. Oh, poor me. I got fired. I'm no good now. Yep. <laughs> okay. I so like that one. the question is, is that how are we going to deal with this secession, this death? Because things are dying left, right, and center on a regular basis every minute. And if we see it as dangerous, we haven't let go yet. Right. And so that's where the relinquishment comes in, is we've got to let go. We've got to accept the way things are. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole lot easier to do it if it's our choice than if we think that we're the victim and that it happened to us. <laughs> right. Makes sense. Okay. So things are going to die. Your choice about how you're going to handle it. And we can do this if, in fact, the mind is free from the hindrances. We can see, oh, it did die. I can handle that. Right. But if the hindrances of attachment oh, and caring and love. Right, and, right. Yes, 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 yes. If we have uh, doubt and if we have restlessness and all of this and we want to just do something to keep it going or if we're just attached just to the sense desire of it, to pushing or pulling on whatever it is that I'm feeling so I can try and not feel one thing or another. But I never had control over any of it to begin with. The feelings just come up and go. Mm-hmm. But without recognizing this, we get stuck in attachment. In, not, not, not attachment, what's the word I heard? Upa upadana, the Pali word for clinging? Well, uh, tanha is tanha the grasping, craving, right? and, and then the clinging or the desire is the upadana. That's when you're upadana. really stuck. Okay? Right, that's when you really but in fact, feel it like would that's, be, that's It would be good to bring this it. back. Mm-hmm. There is a, a sutta uh, about, uh, I Kasi Gautama, I think is her name, and that um, she came to the Buddha carrying her dead and almost rotting infant. Mm -hmm. And she had been to every charlatan and every magician in the neighborhood trying to get her to every doctor. They said, no, we can't do it. And so finally she wound up at uh, at the Buddha and he gave her a task to do. And she says, oh, he's going to do some real magic now. And so the task that he gave her to do was to go to 10 different households and bring me a seed. Now, the the question is, was it a mustard seed or was it an anise seed? Mustard and anise are pretty close together. They call it a mustard seed. I think that they just, they haven't been to India and don't know what an anise seed is. But if you've ever been to an Indian restaurant, that's a, that's the mouth purifier that you use at the end of the meal. It's either going to be where you check out and pay the fee, or sometimes they'll have it on the table. Little okay. uh, grains. Okay. So she went to house to house to house to house, lots of houses, and she finally came back to the Buddha because what he said was, is you've got to get an antecedent, but only from houses or households that have never known death. And she couldn't find a house that didn't know death. And she kind of figured it out on herself 
on her own that death is here, this baby that I'm carrying. And so she came back without that corpse, but mm-hmm. she did come back with, with Dhamma. She came back with um, and became a, a, a nun, right? Uh-huh. She had to let that baby's corpse go. She had to drop it. It had already died. The secession was complete, but she carried that infant, okay? That is the upadana. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, that's carrying Mm -hmm. something that you don't have. Right, yep. Okay, (laughs) this is why I've often used the word caring, because anything that we care about, we carry it. Yes. And it's right. okay to carry it as long as it's useful, valuable, and wholesome. But when it goes right. bonkers, when it goes south, when it dies, we got to let it go. Yeah. Otherwise, we end up with Upadana, which has an, as an underlying basis, the Tanha, which has an mm-hmm. underlying basis, the Vedana. Okay, right? exactly. So mm-hmm. the, the, the cessation then really comes in, in that level of Upadana. Mm-hmm. That when we care about something and we lose it, we'll go into a woeful state. We will die. And, right. and, okay. That this the four woeful states would be a hell or mm-hmm. a hungry ghost or yeah. um, a dumb animal or a um, uh, the Ashura, which is a, a, a heavenly warrior that is afraid of all the other heavenly beings. <laughs> so that was fear. So we have anger. We have mm-hmm. desire, we yep. have stupidity, and we have um, fear. And fear right. is at the uh, um, is the most basic one of these. That's why the Ashura is last is the last on that list. Um, and as a side point, that the one that's most common of all of those is the dumb animal. Right. We in our right we do what we're told to do. We're given something mm-hmm. to do. We don't want to do it. We're attached to getting away with it, but we do it anyway, and we wind up <laughs> be, feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everybody, so, nobody smiles. <laughs> that's why we have to let go of things, because mm-hmm. things are constantly changing. Things are constantly dying. Okay. So here's an interesting question for you. I've got, let us say, several old laptops. I won't describe them at all, but they are all stacked up together in the other room. Why didn't I actually throw those things away if I actually did relinquish them? Old data. The answer is I haven't fully let go of them. What I have done is let go of them being laptops. Right. But I don't see them as laptops anymore. I see them as, oh, there's memory in there. Oh, there's a hard drive in there. Oh, there's, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah, what I'm doing because those components. things haven't died. Only the laptop itself is dead. Right. But because the, the laptop is, is the, the thing that you use. Mm-hmm. You, but and when you're done using it, the laptop's still gone. Okay. Right. But I don't yes. have it. But I don't have any use for them, so I'm not going okay. and digging that that stuff. Yeah, I don't have any need for it. I've got everything right. I need. Right. And because and you have fact, if I did move houses, establishment of mine, you know that they're there. Mm-hmm. But if I changed houses, if we had yeah. to get moving vans and stuff like that, 
those yeah. things would go into the trash. I wouldn't take them with me. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. I can do. Right. Yeah, that's a big, big point. That while we are sitting in sedentary, it's actually work to throw things out. But when yeah. we are mobile and moving around, I've learned a lot about that by moving around India, moving from Thailand, moving from various countries. Is the more I move, the less I took with me. Yep, you don't want to carry. Got to pack light. Don't want to carry all of that stuff. I, I have gone to the um, uh, uh, airport from time to time. Haven't done it in a long time. But there will be a family. And the amount of space that they take up is dwarfed by the amount of space that their luggage takes up. Yes. <laughs> it's like yeah. they, they brought everything that they ever owned with them. <laughs> I had to dig up flowers out of the garden and put them in the <laughs> bag. <laughs> to have something familiar to smell, instead yeah. Of, <laughs> right. Instead of wisely figuring out what is got life left in it and yeah. what is dead. Mm -hmm. This is the mm. whole point so that we can now, once something is dead, let go of it. Right. Well, if that's true, guess what? Almost everything that you've ever done is dead now. Mm -hmm. All of our past, including that memory of, oh, math is hard when I'm a kid. Yes. Right. We can let right. that die. We don't have to yeah. hold on to that. I know many thousands of people who will, in fact, say I'm not good at math. And they don't even mm -hmm. know whether they're good at math or not because they're not trying it because they've already yeah. decided that it's not good because they had one point of time yeah. when they missed a question or something. This is one of the ways that I like to think about Sankara. Mm -hmm. um, is one of the translations I always hear is formations. And formations make sense to me. But one of the other translations that I really like is determinations. And when I think about Sankara in the form of determinations, it can make them kind of easy to, oh, oh. Oh, exactly. I like yeah. that one. That's a good that right? one. I, I had heard it a long time ago, but it didn't register. But now it's registering because uh, we make a lot of determinations along. We make decisions along, and then the things change, but yeah. our we're still we clinging to it. on those same determinations. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and then with, so, yeah. And it, it used to be that I thought that after a while, I thought, like, Sankara is one of the five aggregates, yes? Yes. And yes. none of that okay. past is me. Right. What happened to mm -hmm. that kid when he fell out of the tree? What happened to that kid when he mm -hmm. fell out of a different tree? What happened to that kid when he had a motorbike wreck? What happened to that mm -hmm. kid when he was chased by with the police? It's all dead now. It's gone. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. we, we can let go of that. We've got room for yeah. more baggage if we can throw all the dead baggage out. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, everything gets more streamlined. Everything is much cleaner. Mm -hmm. maybe, and maybe like we tend sticker. to cling to the recent past also. Like, a, for instance, an argument that we have for someone, we'll go away thinking about that argument rather right. than letting it go. The argument died. Right. Maybe maybe Aunt Susie died too because I killed mm -hmm. her in the argument. I got so hot about her, I killed her, and so she's gone. But I can't relinquish her in the mind. I can't let her go. I keep carrying Aunt Susie's corpse around with me. Oh, like uh, <laughs> like the telltale heart. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he hears the heart tick tick tick. 
Yeah, no heart. It's just in the mind. <laughs> but it's, it's all there for in the mind, exactly. Yep. So that's where the relinquishment mm -hmm. comes in. Once we can see the process of it changing, fading away, making differences, it's not the same as it was, and now it's dead. Okay? So old age, sickness, and death. And Nietzsche is the old age. The sickness is that things are changing and they're deteriorating. That laptops mm -hmm. get old, cars get old. Do you know of a 10-year-old car that gets newer every year? Okay. Sorry, I had to coordinate for cats and dogs real quick. What were you, I'm so uh -huh. sorry, what were you saying? You said something about old age? Yes, sickness, old age, Anisha? sickness, and death is step, 15, is step 13, 14, and 15. Old right. age, sickness, and death, the secession, the rotting away, the going away, and it's gone now. And mm -hmm. so we have to let things go. So uh, the Anicca means that everything is changing. Everything is getting old. Then it gets mm -hmm. sick. Mm -hmm. It's not up to scratch anymore. Right. The brand new the car gets a scratch on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's already deteriorating. In fact, that car was not anywhere near as good as it was when it rolled off the factory floor. The moment that it rolled off the factory floor, it gets starting to rot before it ever gets to the dealer. And mm -hmm. then it gets driven around before you get to buy it. It's an old car already. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, and it's in the process of deterioration. But when I get it, it's going to really deteriorate. <laughs> And then it's going to die. Mm -hmm. But in fact, here's a point. Um, antique automobiles actually prove this point. Why? Let us take the Model T that um, uh, Ford made millions of them, right? Mm -hmm. How many Model Ts are still around? Right. Maybe 100, maybe 200. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all those other millions of them died, right? Yes. Guess what? Those mm -hmm. hundred or so, two hundred or so that still exist, they exist because they were continuously being made new. Someone right. was not willing to relinquish it. They wanted yeah. to make it new again. And yeah. so most of the stuff that was in that original Model T is not there. The paint's gone. new paint. Yep. Okay, the original new water headlight. in the radiator was go was yep. gone. Maybe the radiators had to have been repaired. It made new again, right? Mm -hmm. So even when we have antiques, that does not prove that things right. last forever. Nothing lasts forever. Everything right. dies. Yes. And we can see that from a position of not having any hindrances, and we come up with the feeling of hot diggity dog. Things do change. They do die. Wow, and I can see that. I can recognize that process, and so I do not get into the danger of hanging on to something that's already dead. I can throw it out. I can let it go. I can yes. relinquish it. I can no longer have to work with it. I don't have to mess with it anymore. I tie my tie. I don't have to mess with it anymore. It's gone now. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that we look at it in the sense of this is the fulfillment of the, the teaching of the Buddha, and it's still all done in the first jhana, because we can see right. all of that stuff. 
We can go through the hindrances, finish that off, get into the actual wholesome Dhamma itself, and then we can begin to see for sure that everything is rotting away. Right. When you brush the dog, look at the dog hair that's coming off mm-hmm. the dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. And because it's changing, it's getting sick. More and mm-hmm. more sick. Things get old and then they die. They get old, they get sick, and they die. And am I going to be clinging to that? Or am I willing to let something new happen? Right. And so one of the things that dies away is our feeling of being a victim, because Mm -hmm. the victim is the one who is clinging and saying, oh, I don't want it to be that way. It's got to be that way. Therefore, I'm a victim to that change, Mm -hmm. rather than us being really okay with it. Yes. And so that's where the confidence Or exclusionary. They also get exclusionary with the Upadana. Like if they have feelings they don't like, well, I can't have these feelings. Can't have them. And so they try to do things to change that too. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's about acceptance then, yeah? Accepting that these aren't your feelings. That's they're just coming the, that's and they're the going. important point. Right. We have mm-hmm. to accept that things are dying. We have to accept right. that things have gotten old. And we, we can anticipate that. that if it's old and it's sick, it's going to die. It's going to die. Yes, right. Yes. Yes, because it would, then in this way, it's kind of useless to grasp at it because we understand mm-hmm. this is the nature of things. We know that, like, say, if someone calls and talks about someone having died, we might be able to tell them, yeah, that's probably what happens after they're born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can so, celebrate life rather than focusing on that idea. So I think it was just um, it's probably six months ago. We had a puppy mm-hmm. and the puppy died right. and Kitty cried. And mom explained to her and I explained to her that look at the, how much fun you had with that puppy. Yeah. Instead of missing her now and wanting her to be there so that you can create the joy that you had with the puppy. You can recreate that joy right now without the puppy that the puppy right. was not it, that we, when we right. attach to the puppy itself, we miss out on um, the benefits. And the benefit yeah. was is that she had a lot of fun and amusement, but now that the puppy's dead, she feels bad. Mm-hmm. Let's right. remember the puppy and remember how much fun you had. Mm-hmm. And then we can Absolutely. let that go too. Mm-hmm. That we can kiss anything that dies, we can kiss it goodbye, we can fond, we can hold it fondly for a moment, getting ourselves into a good state, and then we can let it go, relinquish right. it, throw it mm-hmm. out, because <clears throat> the only possibility is to carry something around that we don't need to carry around, feeling bad. That was never, it. never ours to begin with. It is never ours to begin with. Mm-hmm. And when we can get our mind in a really, really good state. Now, here's the part where a lot of people, in especially the beginners, um, misunderstand, is, is that this is the teaching of the Buddha is not about n- complete non-doing. Right. It's about wise doing and right. wise non-doing. Right. That if we can see things clearly, then we can choose what to do. So. The classic example is the guy has a job and he doesn't like the job. 
mm-hmm. instead of quitting the job because he doesn't like it, which is what people are tend to do, he will do Anapanasati and get himself into a really good position, and then he can go and do that job happily. And if yes. he starts to hate it again, he can go back and down upon Asati, get his mind back together again, and then go back and do what he wants to do. Yes. And over time, he can begin to see that all the problem here was not that I didn't like it. It was that it was unwise. Uh-huh. And, and now through wisdom, I can quit that job. Right. Because I'm in a good mood and I can really see what's going on and recognizing that this job is dead meat. I need to let it go. <laughs> hmm. But we can't do that when we're full of hindrances. Right. Otherwise, we'll just keep, keep throwing good things out because we can't see mm-hmm. because we're only uh, working with our bad feelings about it. But when we can come out right. of our bad feelings into really good feelings, now we can use wisdom to make good choices. Right. Because we see things that, without so much concocting. Mm-hmm. So here's the question then. Or determination. Or determination. Exactly. Yes, determination. Yes, because concocted concoction is another translation I've heard for sankara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, concoction, determination, and, formation. And the, ter- all and of the these term things. that I often use is a pile of junk. <laughs> I love it. All of these things are there. They're necessary basis for experience. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to appropriate them. There's no right. reason to grab them. And that's what we're seeing when we throw back, when we... In, it's, uh, what is the Pali for throwing back? What is it? What is it in the well, last? that would be Atamayata. Atamayata, okay. Got yeah, it. just throwing it out. Throwing it Relinking out, being done with it. it. Letting it Which go. is part of, part of our right effort, yes? Mm-hmm. Relinquishing right. well, unwholesome. I, I would say yes. Because it's unwholesome to appropriate things that are not yours, that are not given, right? Ah. So here's, here's where the uh, cost-benefit analysis oh, idea comes in. Okay. You see that before we could only see one side of it. Oh, I like this. But when we begin to recognize that, oh, my attachment to it is causing me pain. Right. If it's the liability to suffer, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's not the suffering, not because I don't want to manage my suffering. I want to end it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, and so when we do the cost-benefit analysis, we begin to see that the benefit that I'm getting out of this is not as much as the trouble that it's causing. Drop. And so we can let it go because we're not getting the benefit out of it that the suffering or the dukkha outweighs the benefit. Yes, right. So That's not really uh, ever going to be any that, good cultivation. Uh-huh. So like here's an example. The example was, is that you got benefit when you were a kid getting mommy yeah. to comfort ah. you when you couldn't do the math and you saw right. the benefit of that. Now you're beginning to yeah. see that, hey, that benefit is little compared to the suffering yeah. that I was having. Let me right. now throw all of that out and I'm come back to something new. Mm-hmm. Let the math be something brand thing. new. Right. Yeah. Stay in input mode. Precisely so, rather than processing mode, because when we're processing, what we're processing is the old determinations. 
Yes, they're coming up again and they're tainting what's already what's there. What's already there as a bare experience. Yes. And if we just allow that to come through, then we don't have to worry so much about it. It was something you had told me a while ago when you talked about um, investigation. I don't remember if we were talking about the aggregates or about what in particular, but we were talking about investigation of the Saliatana. Right. Okay. That's the, okay. that's the actually the, what we come up with when we mix input with old stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Because as a necessary base for the Saliatana to operate is that Sakya Diffie. Is this right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh -huh. so okay. 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 The Saliantana then is reality mixed with our determinations about it. Okay. And when oh, we stop this doing is why you the said, determination, look to see what's there or not mm -hmm. there anymore. Like, is there an unspoken rule or is the unspoken rule gone? If it's gone, then we've what? We've deconditioned some of the Vedana somewhere at the mm -hmm. somewhere in Paticca Samupada. We've put a stop to the to the to the cycle. In, at least well, in that perception, is that right? In, in, right now, the stop. Yes. Not worrying yes. about the future, but worrying about, or not worrying, but can we stop it right now? Right, quench it now, bam. Right. Can we go, mm -hmm. in fact, in this regard, is can we go back to input? Can we go back into input? Because oh, if we see the unspoken rule and we toss it out, even if it comes right back, it doesn't matter. It's still the practice. Go back to input, mm -hmm. toss the rule. Go back to input, toss the rule. Mm -hmm. So it's just training the mind to stay more in the context, to be collected. Of reality, of yes. input. Right. Input right. is uh, reality. Not, not of the determinations, not of the formations. Mm -hmm. not, not, not that they don't arise, but rather that we don't appropriate them. We don't buy them. We don't say, yeah, that's, that's the fucking ticket. That's what reality is anymore. We're no longer fooled by that. We see... Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just what happens. That's just okay. how it, the thing goes. Is that, am I on the track there? Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, remember when you said earlier about uh, ending perceptions and ending feelings? Yes. This is it. Right. Okay. Oh. This is it. Because we okay. stop perceiving, we stop making stories up about it. We just and see the it as stories the is what gives us feelings, right? Because Vedana, because perception is as a necessary basis has the aggregates, consciousness, but they're all like the sticks; they all are interdependent. Those five aggregates, is this right? So then, when and we move on to that to not feeling, me. yes, and, and not, not me. me, yes, and when we see that as feeling, we can see it in these different ways, but they're representing that same basic pressure. When we when we appropriate them, that's where the pressure comes from, because then we start the cycle of Paticca Samupada. Is that right? When we have yeah. wisdom, we see it for what they are. They're impersonal. They're going, they're doing their thing. They're happening. We basically are here to look at it, whatever it is that's happening. Um, when I this happens, there's no look. appropriation. Yes. I yes, but we guard look. the sense gates. And, and I don't have to come to a conclusion about it. I don't have to make up right. a story about it because the story is what gives me bad feelings. Yes, and when I focus, this is where wise attention comes in. Yes, is it Yoniso Maniscato? Is this how you say it? Sorry, what was that? Uh, Yoniso Maniscato. It's a, like wise attention or skillful attention. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Because if we pay attention, because this is one of the ways I've noticed this, this connection between mentality and materiality in experience where when, because my understanding of attention is it's kind of like consciousness plus intention, put it together and all of a sudden there's, you lose context. You can get engrossed in something. It can get too over, mm, too, too one pointed, you know? Um, and I think most, most ordinary people have this as a way of seeing the world. Sometimes they'll have, oh, attention will contract around something and they won't be able to let it go to see what it is that's going on. So then there's no choice but to perform whatever behavior is, is determined. Um, but when we see the aggregates as impersonal, we don't have that anymore. We don't have that contraction, I suppose, in the same way. We're not so focused on it that it allows itself to spin up into, see, I thought perception was one of the aggregates. Yeah, well, that spinning up is all the perception, is we're making okay, a right. story. Yes, because we're saying what it is, yeah. We're saying what it is based upon right. what we've Instead said of, before. We're comparing it to the right. past. Yep, okay. Rather than right. seeing it as something new all by itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Which if is we the way let, let go or relinquish that past, then we can live in the in the new now. Yes, right. But in order to do that, we need to know what to attend to in those moments. Not not as if it's a changing. There's no need to change. It's not like a changing pop quiz, but rather we know that we're attending to breathing, for example. If we attend mm-hmm. to the breathing, not in a, oh, I'm going to ignore everything and breathe and only, oh, oh, let me watch my nose, that kind of thing. Not like that at all, but rather the simple knowing there's breathing, there's breathing. Okay, it's long. Okay, it's short. Okay, yeah, it's breathing. It's not focusing just on one little bit or anything like this, but by having that as the context, um, when we perform throughout the day and everything like that, this helps us as an anchor to withstand some of these pressures of perceptions and such to remind us to come back to input mode. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Good understanding. So what do you do to like, <clears throat> you know how the Buddha will say every little bit of excrement stinks? Yeah, sorry, every little you know bit. How, of excrement, of shit? Uh-huh. It stinks. You can stinks. smell it. Get just mm-hmm. the tiniest bit on your fingers and you smell it. Ah, oh, it's terrible stinking. So when we look at things like practice, and we know there's must be some, I mean, perhaps that in and of itself is the excrement, but say, say you smell something like that, say you smell the excrement, what is the way to root this out? How, if you can't see it on the big level? Well, we don't really need to see things on the big okay. level. And in fact, a lot of the big level is a determination. It's a concept. Makes sense. Right, because it's all been processed. <laughs> That what we can better talk talk about is seeing a sequence of events. Okay. Okay. And the example of that would be um, when somebody um, at, let us say, just ordinary skill can catch a ball, a rubber Mm -hmm. ball that's thrown to them. They didn't have just one vision of the ball someplace in the air. They had to right. have a time sequence so that they can see the trajectory. They can see where things are going 
They can right. see the speed, they can compute so that they can put their hand up just at the right time to catch that ball. Yes. All right. So if we are seeing the ball in the air and then um, remembering a ball that we had when we were a kid, we're going to start missing information. We <laughs> might, in fact, uh, or have the idea, oh, you're not supposed to throw balls at me. And then they're going right. to miss the ball. Right. Okay, we got to keep watching. Another example that I use is the Formula One race car driver. He's out there tooling down the road at high speed, and the old lady walks out on the path, on the track. Yeah. If he has the thought, lady, you ought not be here, he just killed her. Right, she's done. He's got to have fast reaction time, but he's also going to have to compute. Yeah. It's not that he sees where she is. He sees her walking. He sees that she's yeah. coming yeah. into his path. And, and he has... Mm -hmm. And all of this is mm -hmm. happening very fast in the mind, but it's a sequence. It's connecting the dots. Right. That when the ball moves a few inches in the air, it's a new ball. But right. I can compare it with where it had come from and look at where it's going so that we can compute that. But if we start throwing garbage into our calculation, we're going to miss that ball. <laughs> Yes, okay, okay, okay. All right, we've got to keep watching yeah, right. what's going on. And in order to do that, we need to be on garbage garbage collection. That's one of our that's one of our right efforts. That's one of the ways that we maintain the right effort because if mm -hmm. we have garbage, we need to be on garbage collection and the idea of computing. Right. We have to see things that have died and, go, hey, and stop and yeah. relinquish them and throw them out right. so that we and can see them in real time. Go so do, can we do uh, and see that in real time? So I see that through Samadhi practice, we build the stability necessary to see that in real time. Um, like I have no, no doubt about that whatsoever, that you can certainly train the mind to be observant, to have your sense gates guarded and all of these sorts of things so that you're not very, you're ready for action when it's there to be taken. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have the clarity of mind, the com composure to see what is and is not skillful, to know what is kusala and a kusala. Um, right. And that and in and of itself. Where things are headed. Yeah, if you can see where it's headed, that it, in and of itself, that's. If someone were to know what was wholesome and unwholesome right off the bat, I mean, that is, that's, that's the soda pan, yeah? Um, and so. When they are in practice, though, after that, that's when my question comes up thinking, OK, so I see where something's wholesome. We know that really the only answer is the interruption of what what would you call it? The regularly scheduled programming, I guess, um, you know, if you in, <laughs> exactly <laughs> if that's, you see where something's going. That's another good word for um, uh, determinations. It's yes, a regularly right, yes. scheduled programming. <laughs> yes, if you can read the TV guide. <laughs> but then but then what I see is after that, the Sakatagami, the Anagami, and most especially the Arahat, they not only read the TV guide, but they also know how to interrupt that programming. And the, for the exactly. Arahat, I don't think you know I don't think he needs the guide TV so much anymore. Yeah. Because, and but yeah, for the Sakatagami the and the Anagami especially, they know how to stop it real quick whap arrest mm -hmm. the, the process so then of course the rest of one's right and, and the soda pond 
the level the soda upon is the one who knows that this has got to be done. Ah, I see. I see. see, They're just getting it going. We've got to get to right. We 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 cannot um, continue to let this desire and this ill will run our lives. We're going to make a change here. They know that this is the way to make that change. Mm -hmm. This is the elimination of doubt. That we know the program works. This one that we learned. You know, we have faith in that where it came from. Um, and then not just that, but that faith is replaced by uh, it's unshakable, it's imperturbable faith because you directly experience time and again. Yeah, the Buddha he said it and it works. And so then we we completely do away with doubt in that case as far as what we're doing um, and how to do it, I guess. So it's just a matter of doing it at that point. Then is that remember? Uh, is that, that's the point. Remember, no, it's right, to remember. Okay. To remember to do it, to remember to throw that stuff out, that it's dead now. Right. Uh, I see. Yes, and this is why sometimes the Sotapan will have Dukkha present, is because they will maybe forget to guard against sense, desire, or ill will. Is this right? Or perhaps they are still... Mm, um, for a while, but he'll figure it out. He'll figure out that this is dukkha, and he'll drop it to where ordinary people they can't figure it out that it's dukkha. They won't drop no. it. They only know how to go back to sensuality. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. And then when we look at, see, this is one of the the, the questions I had when we talk about fetters uh, as of recently. Is when we talk about fetters, we talk about the fourth and the fifth fetters, and it seems striking to me that they're bookended by you know you got five fetters for. Arahat path, and then you have three fetters for Sotapan uh, path and fruition, you know. And so I wonder, what is what is so special about these two middle fetters that they occupy two stages? You know, they are in fact the second noble truth. Yes. And for the Sotapan, the ignorance now is under heavy attack. (laughs) Okay, I see. And for the soda time, those two fetters of sensuality and ill will are under attack because now for for much of the time for the soda pond, because he can remember, he can see that stuff is dukkha and he can stop it. Right. Yes. And, and even if he forgets is to the stop one who's it, gotten still... pretty good at that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the okay. one has gotten really good at it, but the difference Go. between Go. the Anagami and the Arahat is, is that the Arahat, he through wisdom, didn't go anywhere near it. He doesn't need it anyway. He doesn't okay, need to so stop. So the it. ordinary person, uh, using the analogy of getting shot by the arrow, the yeah. ordinary person gets shot by the arrow, and he wants to know who who did who shot him. I'm a victim mm-hmm. here. All of that. Okay. So the yes. soda pond. Right. He can get shot, and he wants to pull that arrow out. Mm-hmm. Okay? He wants to pull the arrow out. The uh, And he's not going to give any buff about it. He's going to get what he needs to do and get that arrow pulled out. Okay? So yeah. the um, so the Sotagami does not hardly get hit even in an arrow storm. Okay, because most of the time, uh-huh. most of the time they are diligent, most of the time they're guarding the sense gauge, most of the time they have recollectedness and they have composure. Is that, right. is that why? Right. So, okay. the, so the anagami is the one who can see those arrows in the air and dodge them. Mm, got 
Got it, got it, got the it. Arrow, well, Arrowhide is wise enough to stay away from arrows. He just, yeah, he just so doesn't go anywhere. There's no arrows in the air. He doesn't have to play dodgeball. He's right. in a safe place now. He's on the other shore. Okay, I see that. That makes sense. I can dig that. That's okay. where the wisdom comes in, is you 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 stay away from places that are dangerous. You will not ever right. find an Arrowhide in a bar. He doesn't right. go there. He knows it's a dangerous place. Yeah, it's a wild place, yes. Okay, <laughs> but the sense. Anagami yeah. will go right by the bar and take a peek into the window and then move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The, uh, the, the um, Sotagami is the one who has his handle on the door, or maybe he's <laughs> pushing the door open and he says, wait a minute. Right. And there the Sotapani is in the bar. Yeah. Saying, wait a minute, what the <laughs> heck am I doing in here finally? <laughs> okay, I see that. That's a wonderful way to talk about that. <laughs> that was wild. Oh, what a beautiful thing that this is so accessible in these ways these days. I can't imagine what it's like for people that don't have is. the ability to get there. A lot yes. of the detail is just looking at the natural progression yeah. that we're going to go through. When right. we start off on the path of Anapanasati, we begin to start mm-hmm. looking at this dukkha that we've got in the mind and we can come out of it. Yes. Yeah. We see that in the first tetrad because we see that there's a dependency there. Mm-hmm. That when we put our attention on the right spots, when we acknowledge our experience as it exists, then we end up not having so much trouble. Not just that, but it feels great to set out and achieve a goal. So when you set out for yourself a goal and achieve it for yourself, it's pretty, um, what do you call that? Gets the cycle rolling, I guess. Gets the, gets so the, long as we see the goal as something to be done right now rather than a right. goal is off into the future. Always right. is right now, what have we got to do? Can we throw mm-hmm. that out right now? Can we see the corpse in the mind right now and throw it out? Am I still breathing right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we see all those things come up on their own and go on their own, and then we do let them go, I can see that the the process of, uh, and it doesn't mean that they're gone forever. They might come right back, but we can let them go again and again and again and again and again. And that is a, an amazing skill set that's not really developed normally um, because most of the time it's, you know, crazy to think about letting something that arises in those manners go even once. People mm-hmm. will look at you insane for thinking in that way. But it certainly makes a hell of a lot more sense than just reinforcing the problem. Because <laughs> um, to me, the the to me the way that I see it at this time is that the the main I don't, I don't know how you put it in words. The main spiritual problem is suffering. It's not what comes next. It's not what came before. And suffering it also doesn't happen in the future and the right. past. It always only right now. You know, well, the so. suffering that we have right now, the dukkha that we have right now is often expressed as, well, where do we do next? Yes. Hey, right. man, yeah. <laughs> let's get not next. Let's get right now. Yeah, right. You don't have yeah. to worry about what, what comes next. Get your mind back into the place that it was before you asked the question of what comes next. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I bet you'll find out, too, if you do that. <laughs> There's no other possibility but to find out what comes next if you're here now. Hmm. And that's a good that's a good context to establish. Uh, one of the th- questions that I have um, is about the 
the genesis, I guess, of Anapanasati. So when I look at the sutras, one of the things that I read is that the Buddha also taught the bhikkhus um, mar, mar, uh, nupasa. is this right? Contemplation of death, recollectedness of death. Well, um, actually, um, that's step 15. That's that's what you started with. That was the original first question. We right, have to right. contemplate that things are dead. You don't have to go to the cemetery, but mm-hmm. it might be a good idea occasionally. And I, I remember, though, that when the Buddha initially taught the full-on just recollectedness of death, there were bhikkhus that committed suicide, I suppose, mm-hmm. is what the thing was. And is so that right? And so right. he said, so he okay, guys. doing that, right. Mm-hmm. He stopped teaching the eternal ground meditations. Right. And, and he settled down upon Anapanasati. That's the only real meditation practice that he, uh, that he taught and recommended. Truly endorsed in, in and recommended. Things. And it mm-hmm. makes sense to me because it goes with everything that i mean it's not as if you cannot generate or develop i guess would be the better word would be cultivate i suppose or collect um the mind with with contemplations of death you know i mean you can certainly generate you know collectedness from that but rather it doesn't always seem as if focusing on those dead things and just looking at them over and over and over again is the way to let them go exactly one of the understandings that yeah, but right. The charnel and we, ground meditations were not gladdening the mind. The charnel ground right. meditations were not the complete practice. Yes, but, and we see the same thing today in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see the same so, thing in the West with the noting practice that's so popular here. Is It's like a lesser version of, you know, charnel ground meditation in a way because they simply note the hindrances. I'm not certain of wow, the last time. Wow, that's exactly correct. Exactly. Yeah, so, okay. But in the West, we're so used to beating up on ourselves. Apparently, this is what mm-hmm. this is. This is what is loved so much for a while, huh? But it makes uh-huh. sense to me that we're not fulfilling the if we're simply doing. And it's not as if 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 you went to a one of the Mahasi monasteries, I bet they do something a little different too. You know, I can't imagine that. Those monastics there weren't so inclined as to gladden the mind, if that makes sense. But when it came to the West, we we latched onto the part that all right. It's, so everyone's so attached to suffering, you know. But if we don't gladden the mind, examples, mm-hmm. many examples of that. Uh, for instance, Achan Sameto, Achan um, Amaro, Achan Pasanto, and and the rest mm-hmm. of them. Those guys were th- with Achan Cha were students of Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa. Okay. Which which has to do with the gladdening of the mind. Now, mm-hmm. after, on the Mahasi method, that 16 stages of insight still has that there, but what happens is that um, the beginners will see the anicca, the dissolution, yes, right. the falling apart, yeah. but it's only after the student goes what is often referred to as the dark night of the soul when they begin to see the fearfulness and the misery and the disgust. That's right. when they take the right effort then. And when to they abandon. add the right effort, the redoubling of the effort, I think it is step 11. Yes, right, because that's when they develop equanimity towards determination. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's not exactly the practice of the teaching of the Buddha because the teaching right. of the Buddha helps us to throw that stuff out every time yeah. we see it and brighten yep. the mind again. And then get really good and, you don't yep, have and to happy get really, and con- really yep. good at seeing Dukkha before you mm-hmm. start throwing it out. You don't have to see the gar- the city dump 
when you right. all you need to see is this basket the beside the desk. That's Duca. Yes, right. Yes. Doesn't have to wait That's until perfect. it gets to the point of being a, uh, your own private city dump. Right. Yeah. So we take and it out. We take the trash easier. out. We relinquish the trash. We do it because we can see it clearly without the hindrances that the Mahasi method doesn't remove the hindrance and put the mind back in good state. Right, right. Until the student finally sees the dukkha and then he'll make the right effort. Yep, right. And eventually this can lead to what uh, some sort of, eventually it'll lead to dispassion and all those things for those people as well. But it certainly is not the fun way to do it. <laughs> it's not the fun way to do it, and it's no, not the it's easy not. way. It's, no, not it's not easy to do it that way. No, that way sounds like it would be quite torturous. <laughs> oh, it's wild that we think of that being so important here that you have to suffer in order to get something done. Um, and the better that, thing that, to do is that if you can see it, you don't have to suffer over it. If you can exactly. see it, if you yeah, can see you that, can you know, go. a rake. You know what a rake is, a leaf rake? Okay, and oh, you yeah. can put it up so that if your kid steps on it, he'll not only puncture <laughs> his foot, he'll get hit in the face with the handle. Okay, all right. Yes. How many times do we have to step on that rake, puncture our foot, right. and get hit in the head before we figure out that we have to not just avoid that rake, but yeah. we have to pick it up and put it away so right. that it's not Stop dangerous letting... at all. That's what the Arahot does. He takes that yep. rake off. Okay, so the anagami sees that rake, mm -hmm. but he doesn't step on it. Right. The anagami yeah, puts the rake out. away so that there's no oh. rakes out there. There's not dangerous now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which is one thing I was asking about. It was the other text question I had asked you about with regards to internal, external. And it wasn't any, it was just a, a passing thought I had come up for me was about internal external and what internal external has to do with appropriation or um or holding you know um because i think that one of the ways that we contribute to this like dyad of oh this should or should not be there is through how we perceive internal external whether or not we want to accept something within what we consider what arises in in experience as our direct experiences, like, you know, let's say like the body, for example, so many people have so many problems with what's in or not in their body, whether it be, you know, feelings or whatever. Um, but when we appropriate that body, we start to consider it internal to us. You know, when we don't appropriate that body, we can consider it to be external as in not as in it's not our body or like, oh, it's a zombie body or anything like that, but rather much more that our body arises in our experience the same as every other dhamma, same as every other phenomenon. So why would it arise according to our control? Meaning why would it be able to have the feelings that we want it to have when we want it to have them for as long as we want it to have them? And when we accept that, it's it's not, um, it's internalizing a locus of control for things that you actually have control over, you know, which is not very much. But, um, <laughs> But it's much better than externalizing that locus of control to, you know, other people or the Dhamma itself, you know, the Dhamma themselves, the phenomena that well, arise in our experience themselves. Here's here's one of the things that we can plug in for that, and that is, is okay. that the difference between the internal and the external 
is is that we internalize through determinations the external. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you have problems with one bully one time, you'll determine that, and now you're going to have continual trouble with continual bullies. Because there's because uh, yeah. what we're seeing is input, but if we can uh, see that the way that I behaved with that bully the first time didn't work, right. now let me go try something new. Oh. <laughs> which means now we can be right. in the new here now. You see, most right. of the time yeah. when the guy meets the bully the second, third, and fourth time, he remembers the first time. And he has to replay that for it. It's a rerun. It's not uh -huh. just uh, uh, the programming. It's the reruns. <laughs> the reconstructions. Huh? The... Right. We, re we reconstruct it. We redetermine rather than letting oh. this moment be brand oh, new yes. without right. carrying right. the past determinations right. into it. And, and, yeah. and bringing those past determinations into the mix and putting that as part of the formula, that's what we call perception. And what we come up with is the saliatana, uh, which is impinge with, with yes. dirt. And that's right. what impacts us and leads our, to our feelings. Because that's but when we have But if we could just keep input and input and input and input and okay. input, we don't wind up in bad feelings because we didn't process it with our old determinations, our old crap. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's if that's real freedom, is to stay in input yeah. mode. Right. And that's why I laugh so much while we're talking about this, man, is it just gets <laughs> me so, puts the, the mind in such a wholesome state to talk like this about the Dhamma because it's yeah, so wonderful it and it's so available. And I think, you know, the Buddha said it, he said it's available here for you mm -hmm. to see now. Well, <laughs> like exactly. That's what we've been doing. Remember, I talked about it in the sense of uh, the uh, Sutta number 10 and the, uh, yeah. the uh, Satipatthana is, is that let's get out of the hindrances and let's talk Dhamma because Dhamma is enjoyable. Dhamma is yes. really good stuff. Yes. <laughs> it is a very, very good thing. <laughs> it's great stuff. Yeah. Because we that's wind amazing. Up being in a good mood when we think about, it. yeah, I could be free too. Yeah, we can do this. Right. Yeah. yeah, I can keep my eyes open. I can watch what I'm doing. I don't have to step yeah. on that rake. <laughs> right. And a lot of societies are set up so that they've got rakes all over the yard turned the wrong direction. Every step they take, they hit themselves in the head by puncturing their foot. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And all we have to do is just, uh, in the beginning, we need to identify those rakes. The second thing yes. that we need to do is to start avoiding them. And eventually, right. we go clean up the yard so that there's no rakes out there to step on. Yeah, right. That's really, that's the source of it, like we were saying about uh, Second Noble Truth, because that's the mm -hmm. source of it. It's not, it's not that you did or did not step on a rake. It's that there are rakes in the yard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we get the rakes out of the yard, getting the rakes out of the yard is the Third Noble Truth. The way that we get the rakes out of the yard is the Fourth Noble Truth. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Or at least own? this rake. At least yes, this right. rake. Yep, and because really way. the fourth noble truth is, look, see it, is it look there? It. Uh -huh. Yep, <laughs> mm-hmm, wonderful. That's a wonderful way to talk about that. I like that so much.
Uh, All right. Well, why don't we bring this to a close? I think that we pretty well discussed cessation. I think it is getting dead now. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Pause it out. Perfect. Thank you, Dominato. That's so wonderful. <laughs> All right. Well, um, one last thing then, and that is, is that if you ever have a little bit of time, I've got a little project for you. Okay. What do we got going okay. down? All right, well, let's take it offline, but okay. um, uh, so we'll look, go ahead and end the call now. I'm really enjoying this call. I am too. Thank you. But it's time for it to be finished, so we'll let it go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. All See right. you later. All right. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.